The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. Welcome to Sport Box. Here are your headlines today. Trump backs down. Stocks across Asia rise after a rally on Wall Street as the U.S. delays tariffs on key Chinese imports like laptops, cell phones and clothing. Apple jumps more than 4% to notch its best day since May as President Trump says he made the decision for the holiday shopping season. Just in case they might have an impact on people, what we've done is we've delayed it so that they won't be relevant to the Christmas shopping season. A calmer day in Hong Kong as the city's airport reopens after riot police clash with protesters late into the night as the political crisis in the Asian financial hub continues. Italy's Senate shoots down Matteo Salvini's push for a swift no-confidence vote, setting a date for next week and dealing a blow to the Lega leader's drive for early elections. Big question for investors, did Trump blink? Um, we've seen a retreat now potentially from the brink on the trade war. And I think investors are very closely watching that. Let's get into the details. The Trump administration has announced a surprise delay of some Chinese tariffs ahead of the Christmas season. 10% levies on Chinese exports, including cell phones, laptops, certain toys, clothes and shoes, will be put off until December 15th. But tariffs on other goods, including meat, dairy products, smartwatches and flat screen televisions, will go ahead on the 1st of September. Other unspecified items will be dropped from the tariff list completely on health and safety national security grounds, according to U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer. So, Juliana, a bit of a pop in stock stateside as a result. Absolutely, Karen. It really only took two words for markets to make a steep U-turn, and that was delayed tariffs. And that is what we got from President Trump yesterday, the decision to delay tariffs on a number of goods in the electronic sector and the consumer goods sector from September to December. Now, interestingly, when President Trump was speaking to reporters, he noted that the decision was based on the uh, the idea that it would, it would save the U.S. from being impacted around holiday season, which is really interesting given that President Trump's line to date has really been that the tariffs are being uh, being paid for by the Chinese. Uh, so a very interesting turn from President Trump there. And as you would expect, we saw massive gains across the U.S. markets, the Dow gaining nearly 400 points yesterday, the tech-heavy Nasdaq nearly 2% higher. And of course, the tech stocks, uh, very, very uh, positive on the back of this news, in particular, Apple. The S&P 500 saw every sector trade in positive territory up about 1.5%. Let's take a look at at U.S. tech, uh, that sector reacting very positively to this news that cell phones and laptops will be part of the goods that will see the delay to tariffs not come into effect until December now. So uh, across the tech space, we saw pretty decent gains. Amazon up more than 2%. Uh, Microsoft up more than 2% as well. And Apple, Apple surging, the biggest contributor to the Dow, up more than 4%. So let's take a closer look at Apple. Not every product within Apple's suite will be a benefit from this tariff delay. Some of their 
other products, including the iWatch and AirPods and their HomePods, won't be included. So they are expected to, to see the tariffs come into effect in September. But critically, their laptops, so their MacBook computers and their iPhones will benefit from this tariff delay. And Apple shares re reacting very positively, up more than 4%. Now let's take a look at Treasuries. Of course, this has been a huge topic for investors, a huge driver of the sell-off that we saw earlier in the week, the fact that we saw Treasury yields plunge. Now yesterday, we saw Treasuries move higher. The spreads, however, did, uh, did uh, tighten. The 10-year, two-year, which is a spread we've been very closely watching this week, hit a low of 6, 0.6 basis points. That's the lowest since June 2007. But overall, we saw yields rise uh, yesterday. And now the 10-year is uh, currently trading flat around 1.6795%. Let's take a look at FX markets and the dollar. We saw, as you would expect, the yen really retreat yesterday. This has been the key beneficiary of the risk-off drive we've seen from investors. Uh, and yesterday, we saw the yen come off more than 1% versus the dollar. Now, reversing a little bit of that this morning with the dollar trading slightly weaker versus the yen, about 0.2%. The euro and sterling holding steady versus the dollar. Let's take a look at oil markets as well. Yesterday, a massive positive day for oil markets with Brent seeing its best daily performance of 2019. Brent and WTI both rallying around 4%. Now you can see giving back some of those gains. WTI down about 1.2%. Brent down about 0.9%. And that comes after some industry data showed U.S. crude inventories unexpectedly rose last week. So taking a little bit of the shine off of the rally that we saw yesterday boosted by the tariff delays. Let's take a look at Asian markets next. Uh, the uh, Asian session also benefiting from this change in tone from President Trump. Shanghai Composite up about 0.8%. Uh, it's uh, easy to forget or easy to, uh, to uh, not pay attention to the fact that we got a raft of Chinese data overnight as well, uh, largely weaker than the market expected. We, uh, we got to industrial output growth uh, that, that unexpectedly dropped to a more than 17-year low. But investors shrugging off that weakness this morning and the Shanghai Composite trading higher. The Hang Seng up uh, as well, 0.7%. We uh, are keeping a very close eye on developments over in Hong Kong. Nikkei 225 up about 1% as well. We also got some strong machine order data from Japan that's helping boost sentiment there as well. Finally, let's take a look at European opening calls. Uh, as you would expect, where European uh, markets are looking to follow Wall Street and Asia higher at the open today. All four of these major regions are looking at gains at the open. Now, Eunice uh, joins us live from Beijing. Eunice, another major twist in the trade war. Is the lesson here for Beijing just to wait it out? That's exactly the, the lesson that Beijing is getting that in terms of the signaling from the Trump administration after uh, President Trump and his administration said that they were going to exempt or delay the 10 percent tariffs that were supposed to hit $300 billion worth of goods on September 1st. Uh, now, the uh, U.S. Commerce Department says that the products will be exempt would be in health, safety, national security. The tariffs that are going to be delayed will be delayed till December 15th. And these are going to be on cell phones video game consoles, as well as certain toys. Now, if that sounds like a Christmas wish list, there is a reason for that. This is what President Trump told reporters overnight. We're doing this for Christmas season, uh, just in case some of the tariffs would have an impact on U.S. customers, which so far they've had virtually none. The only impact has been that we've collected almost $60 billion from China, compliments of China. But just in case they might have an impact on people, uh, what we've done is we've delayed it so that they won't be relevant to the Christmas shopping season. 
The top trade negotiators had a phone conversation yesterday, and they plan to have another chat in an, in two weeks,、uh, right before the two sides are supposed to meet face to face in the United States in September. The、uh, trade tariffs, though, have been squeezing the economy here. A、uh, data out tonight missed. Or today missed a factory output for July was the slowest since 2002. A retail sales sank, hit by weaker auto sales, and fixed asset investments, which is a gauge, of course, for construction activity, fell as well. Now this. Came with commentary from China Statistics Bureau, and the official said that the economy here faces increasing downward pressure. But it does believe that policy measures will show effect, and that the impact of the trade war is controllable. Guys, Yunus, thank you very much for that. I want to bring in Richard Kelly, head of global strategy at TD Securities.、Uh, Richard, we've been given a narrative now that's slightly different to where we started out yesterday. That there's a, a conversation taking place behind the scenes between the U.S. and Chinese negotiators, and Trump is prepared to cut some concessions to、uh, delay tariffs. Should we take this as a sign of positive news, or are we just being managed because the market behaviour has been so volatile lately? I think it's positive, but I don't think you want to blow it out of proportions. I mean, we still have tariffs coming. This is still a round of tariffs that m- many people didn't think we would even get to in the first place. It's supposed to hit U.S. consumers more, so he's now delayed it for a few months. We're still seeing an increase of 50% of the existing tariffs that will go in effect on September 1. This may give us a boost, kind of near-term growth, as people front-load some of those purchases and producers send this through. But it doesn't give us any long-term relief. The U.S. consumer is very key to the equation because. It's been one of the elements of strength that the U.S. economy has still been able to rely on. When you've had business investment constrained, there's been a level of uncertainty that has impacted the, the corporate side. Do you think Trump just showed his hand to an extent to the Chinese that he is concerned about that final stage where the consumer too is infected by negative animal spirits from the tariffs? Well, I think this has been something that that I think the Chinese were banking on to some extent that you know it, it's a reason they didn't respond as forcefully as they could have because they felt that at this stage it was going to hurt the U.S. as much if not more than them and they felt in that net sum game you know they could move through this. So I think it is something that Trump's concerned about. I think what Trump is starting to see. Is he has to respond to the weakening U.S. growth, and that was probably something when th- when he was just starting this trade war, it wasn't happening. Now we're seeing that deceleration, and he's starting to try and respond to that. And yes, I think it does constrain his hand, but it also increases pressure on the Fed, and we've seen that coming over the last couple of weeks as well. It's interesting to see President Trump acknowledge the impact the tariffs would have on the U.S. consumer, saying that we're doing this for、uh, Christmas season, and it's really a change in tone from his previous rhetoric that. China is footing the bill for all of these tariffs. So does that really、um, does that detract from his credibility when it comes to the impact from the trade war? I think it is fair. That probably is the one spot of this where there is a bit of change of tone. I don't know that it impacts the credibility per se, but he'll toss it up as yet another example as to why he's trying to work for the U.S. and help things. And look, I've given the Chinese even this, and they still didn't give us their concessions when December fifteenth rolls around, and he has to put these impact in place. Now, from the Beijing side of things, President Xi Jinping,、uh, arguably now, given the slowdown we're seeing in China, just in the latest raft of data that came through overnight, more weakness coming through. I mean, the trade war, in effect, gives him an external factor to blame for the weakness there. So, is it really in President Xi's interest to cut 
the trade war short at this point, given it provides a nice outlet for blame? Well, I think I, I don't think President Xi is going to be happy with an overall slowdown and putting the pressure on him to have to deliver on, on you know, uh, reforms and stimulus going in. So I think he'd be more than happy to see this pass. But it's about that net calculus of on the correct terms. And so far, those terms don't exist. So I think that's the point that we're at. There still are offsets they can provide. The currency will continue to weaken. There will be some scope for them to reduce rates if this continues further. Targeted stimulus. So I think that the side of this is he has areas where he can eject enough stimulus to offset the political pain. Let's get into some trades because there's been a real bid for safety and we've seen the much lower in global yields. Yesterday we saw about a six basis point nudge up uh, in uh, some of the U.S. Treasury yields. So, so getting off some of the lows at the same time, uh, a slight reverse on that safety trade in foreign exchange markets where Japanese yen has uh, what pushing about a seven month peak as well. Do you think we've traveled too far on the bid for safety given this change in language now coming from the White House? I don't think so. I think this is sort of a temporary reprieve in the overall direction. I think, you know, what we look at on our own basket is still very much safety trade. So we are still long 10-year treasuries targeting a move to 160. And I think once we get there, if you look at what we have, we still have stocks 3% off the highs. Um, you still have a lot of downward momentum. I think that's one where you could even extend that move even further. Long gold, we're looking at something to 1590. That's another one where I think the flight to safety isn't there. And a move stronger for yen still seems in the card because if you have treasuries falling, you have the, the way that demand is, is coming off in the world, it's still arguing that the dollar yen can continue to move lower. Okay, Richard, we'll pick up on the conversation in just a moment. Uh, Richard Kelly staying with us, head of global strategy at TD Securities. Our U.S. colleagues will be speaking to Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross later on today, so be sure to tune in for that first on CNBC interview, 1400 CET. Meanwhile, China's Hong Kong Affairs Office has said it strongly condemns, quote, near terrorism, criminal actions, Chinese state media reports following clashes between pro-democracy demonstrators and police at Hong Kong airport. Flights have now resumed after two days of mass protests. Sherry is live in Hong Kong at the airport. Uh, Sherry, really getting into the, the eye of the storm here in Hong Kong. It feels as though a sense of calm has been restored. Is, uh, is that fair to to say that we have some calm now in Hong Kong or is that uh, too premature to really make that call? Uh, Jillian, I think it's very much fair to say, given what I'm seeing at the International Airport of Hong Kong this morning and as we speak, but really the question is how things will change in the afternoon hours. I mean, if the last few days is any indication, really things uh, did pick up uh, in the in the later hours of the day and uh, really a lot of uh, protesters that did turn up in a bigger volume uh, in the afternoon hours. So we'll be watching that development, of course, uh, today. And in the meantime, yes, the travelers are catching up on their uh, canceled flights and uh, a lot of airlines are uh, trying to catch up uh, on their business as well. So yes, uh, things are looking a lot uh, calmer and peaceful, but uh, really that overhang is what's happening uh, this afternoon. Uh, we did see uh, two straight days of disruptions and uh, I think really uh, as far as the airport scene is related, uh, is concerned, what happened last night is a certainly unprecedented and I 
think that could be an important turning point moving forward uh, because, uh, you know, airport has been the venue for a lot of the protesters to let their voices heard, to appeal their cause to the international uh, travelers. But uh, and it's also a safety zone for them as well, because my base case was that police will find it very difficult to, uh, you know, use their usual tactic of dispersing a big crowds of protesters with a tear gas and so on because of a lot of international travelers at present. But uh, really yesterday, the violent scenes that we saw with a lot, you know, between protesters and police, although it is a small faction of protesters, I think that can certainly put a lot of uh, people on edge. And perhaps that's the reason why the airport authority uh, of Hong Kong did get uh, the, an injunction, interim injunction from the authorities uh, to be able to restrict uh, that kind of uh, disruptive behavior by the protesters, uh, you know, affecting the operation of airport. In the meantime, the protesters, as I said, they come to the airport to, uh, you know, sort of uh, expand their audience of their cause. And that's what they've been doing since last Friday uh, right here. And uh, that's the reason why uh, they actually decided to issue an apology uh, this morning as well, saying, asking uh, the travelers understanding and forgiveness of their travel was disrupted and canceled. And uh, they also, you know, asked for their support as they're fighting for uh, freedom and democracy. And uh, really, uh, it's important a factor they understand as well that they keep up with the international support their cause as well. Guys? Sherry, thank you so much for bringing us the latest right from the airport. Really interesting to see there that the protesters have apologized for the delays they're causing to international travelers. Uh, well, we're going to take a short break. Coming up on the show, Italy's Senate frustrates Matteo Salvini as it delays a motion of no confidence. We'll have more from Milan next. And we have a very big device in studio this morning. Could this be the apple of the farming sector? We'll be speaking to the consultancy behind this personal food computer, an AI-powered personal farm that could disrupt how we produce and consume food. A CNBC signature event. East Tech West, CNBC's exclusive invitation-only retreat returns to Nansha, Guangzhou, China in 2019. We explore all things tech from artificial intelligence to 5G. Join the world's most prolific investors, inventors and entrepreneurs as they share their stories and celebrate innovation. Visit EastTechWest.com for an application to attend. Welcome back to Squawk Box. Let's get into another country we're watching closely today, and that is Italy. Italy's Senate has frustrated an attempt by Interior Minister Matteo Salvini to secure early elections by delaying a no-confidence vote in the government. Salvini called for the vote as he looked to capitalize on his party's surging popularity. Lawmakers will now discuss the motion on August 20th when Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte will address Parliament. Now, Claudia is in Milan and joins us with more details. So we now have the date for the vote of no confidence, August 20th. What does this mean for the timeline for fresh elections? 
Yes, Juliana. Well, uh, this uh, timeline actually is uh, not clear. You know, the only uh, uh, certain thing is that, yes, on the 20th, Giuseppe Conti will in fact go to Parliament and the no confidence motion will be voted. But between now and then, so many things could happen. As you know, these Italian uh, government crises uh, are very complex. There is an attempt uh, by uh, the PD, which is the opposition, to try and form a government with uh, the Five Star Movement, which is the other half of this coalition, uh, of course, that uh, uh, the Lega is with and has been for the last 14 months. in order to try and avoid going uh, to elections. As you said, you know, there is a lot of support right now behind the Lega party uh, that Matteo Salvini uh, heads up. And so, of course, he's trying to capitalize on that. Uh, That's why he wants to go to elections. Yesterday's session at the Senate, the afternoon was quite a a feisty afternoon for uh, many parliamentarians as uh, as Salvini was trying uh, very hard to try and get this vote to be as early as today, which would, of course, be the 14th of August. Now, he tried to do that by even agreeing to pass this constitutional law, which was one important law that is on the table in Parliament right now, uh, to reduce the the number of seats within Parliament. Uh, So this is something that the Five Star Movement wanted, and he's willing to go forward with that in order to try and uh, go to elections as early as the fall. But looking at from our perspective, uh, and as far as, uh, you know, what markets uh, uh, impact could be on what is going on, is that we have the budget law in the fall. So it's quite a unusual for elections to be held during the fall. It hasn't happened since 1919. So a long time ago uh, because of the fact that this budget law, of course, needs uh, to be found uh, and agreed upon, which is quite difficult, also considering uh, that the EU is also watching Italy very closely as it's grappling with a difficult situation in terms of its budget. Remember, Italy's growth is practically nil, uh, so 0% growth, still continuing to be very anemic, has never really gotten out of the crisis. Uh, and this political uncertainty only creates more uh, for markets to watch and be concerned concerned about. But as far as that's concerned, well, the spread has not really hiked up too much. It went up on Friday uh, once this sort of crisis began on Thursday evening, uh, but has slipped yesterday, went down to 223 points, uh, basis points. That is a fall of 7.5 percent just in yesterday's session. So this tells us that markets are quite accustomed uh, to these crises. So we probably won't see too much reaction from the markets until things become more clear. And we will go through very volatile days between now and the 20th. Also, let's remember that today is another important day here in Italy uh, because there will be a moment of silence, a minute of silence at 9.36. This is uh, this marks the one-year anniversary uh, of uh, the implosion of the uh, bridge, uh, Morandi Bridge in Genoa, that killed 43 people. Uh, and again, there is also the idea that this whole political crisis and wanting uh, to vote, uh, to go to the non-confidence vote today was also an issue because of that. So there's a lot uh, going on here today. We'll see how the markets react when they do open up after closing in positive territory for the FTSE MIB yesterday. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.